Good evening, Penguins fans. Happy Wednesday, the day before another big game for this team as they try to bounce back from Monday's loss against the Montreal Canadiens. For today's episode, we're going to go over some practice updates. Um, nothing much to report, but you know, Teddy Bluger is out there practicing. We'll got get they'll have an update on whether or not he's going to be playing on Thursday or if he could be playing on that massive road trip that they have coming up after that. We're also going to preview the game against Los Angeles, go into their lines, look at their numbers for how they've done this season so far. And we'll also get into the road ahead for the Penguins and look at that big road trip that they do have coming up after this game on Thursday. So that's all coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So um, getting into some practice updates since we last uh, since I last spoke with you all. So, you know, it's very funny to have that episode posted at like 1230 because during that times on Tuesday, I'm like, don't I have to record right now? But I'm like, oh, no, I recorded the recap um, right after. You know, I hope you all enjoyed listening to that one. You know, if you like my X's and O's, let me know if you didn't. And I need to explain better. You know, also let me know about that as well. The Penguins had the day off. On Tuesday, they were back at practice on Wednesday. And for the most part, the lines were basically the exact same. Gensel Crosby, Raquel, Zorker, Malkin, Russ, Heinen, Carter, Kapanen, the fourth line is the same. And then defensively, everything is the same too. Bluger was skating with Chad Riedel. So um, it looks like as of right now, Teddy Bluger is not going to be playing on Thursday. Um, he's been day-to-day for the last two weeks now. But you know, as I told you all about on an episode about a week ago, Bluker spoke to the media and he said that this injury is just not healing the way he thought it was going to. And it's been really frustrating him. And I know some people have you know, been asking me about, you know, who's going to come out of the lineup when Bluger's ready to go. And, you know, you all know what I would do. I, I would take out Archibald and move, and move Paling to the left wing, put Bluger at center, move McGinn to the right wing because he can play either way. You know, maybe you want to move Paling to right wing to see how he does there. But, you know, Ryan usually plays, um, on the left, you know, I would feel a lot better about the fourth line um, with Bluger centering in and then Paling and McGinn to you know the left and right of them because I actually thought Paling played pretty well against the Canadians and it was on a five on five rush with that few minutes remaining before Cole Caulfield tied the game and <clears throat> he split the defenseman um, going down had a nice little mini breakaway wasn't able to score a goal past Sam Montembeau but you know those are the kind of rushes that I'm like okay you know maybe there is something there with paling. So um, I just haven't seen that kind of burst yet from Archibald. I know it's been a very small sample size so far, but um, I've, at least I've been impressed with paling a little bit more than Archibald. So that that's what I would do, you know, for those that keep asking me about, you know, who comes out of the lineup when Bluger is ready to go. Um, I keep paling in and Archibald is the 13 forward, but I also think, as I've said about that 7,000 times on this episode or this podcast, excuse me, they're probably just going to do a rotation if the four group is really healthy. Uh, special teams-wise, power play one is the same. Grosby, Malkin, Latang, Gensel, Rust, and then power play two. Carter, Raquel, Zucker, Heinen, and Petrie. Um, you know, I'm not really going to put too much stock into Carter being on the second power play 
unit, I, I think he's fine, especially as an offensive presence. Penalty kill one, Ryan Paling, Brock McGinn, Brian Dumoulin, Jan Ruta, PK2, Kasperi Captain, Josh Archibald, P.O. Joseph, Marcus Pedersen. So, you know, my big question is, these are their two penalty killing units, right? Why was Carter on the ice for that game-winning goal from Kirby Dock in the four-on-three? Do you trust him a lot more, say, I don't know, over a Jan Ruta, over a Marcus Pedersen, POJ, Kasperi Kapanen? Because that that was a bit weird. You know, Archibald was another one of the players on the ice, and then Dumoulin was the other player on the ice, too, with Carter. Um, so I don't mind, you know, Archibald, he was he was fine on that play, as I explained. Dumoulin, we all know that he didn't look bad. Well, he did he looked bad on that play and the game tying goal, though his numbers with Crystal Tang this year have actually been pretty good. I think like high danger chances wise, they've outscored the opposition like 13 to one and they have like 65% of the expected goals. So um, I think a lot of that is obviously Latang, but still, you know, the penalty kill configurations, when I see it at practice today, it just, it doesn't line up with what Mike Sullivan is doing in that kind of, you know, game breaking situation, I guess is how I want to say it. So Definitely a little bit weird there. Um, I would have liked to seen, you know, Kapanen out there, maybe POJ. I mean, I think Jan Ruta would have been a better bet than Brian Dumoulin. I think for Carter, uh, I would rather have McGinn out there because at the time, Petrie was in the box. That was his, his third penalty that he took. And yeah, he was not good in that game either. Second penalty, I'll, I'll kind of cut him some slack a little bit just because that second penalty was not interference. It was a total crappy call when the penguins were on the power play about halfway through the third period and it looked like just an even up call and if you ask me so um take that penalty aside the other two he can't take especially um the one in overtime you know with the penguins carry well i wouldn't say they were carrying the flow of play but they were going back and forth with montreal i know the canadians were missing some chances but the penguins they were also getting plenty of chances the biggest one was malkin uh missing just to the to the right side of the night i think it actually glanced off um, Montebo's glove and went to the side. I think if Malkin's able to put that a little bit more inside, I think there was a, a little bit of a a hole there, and he was able. He was hopefully going to be able to get the hat trick. Um, otherwise, you know, that's basically it when it comes to um, the full practice updates. Again, Mike Sullivan said Teddy Bluger remains day to day. He said he hasn't been fully ruled out for the game on Thursday, but it's not looking good right now. Um, the, the, the last thing I do want to say for this segment, just a little pr- practice segment, uh, as Danny Shari reported, and I think the Penguins tweeted it out, Ricard Raquel has cut his hair. Yes, this is counting as breaking news for this podcast. I'm sure he's going to grow back out, but his wonderful flow is no longer with us right now, but give it another month or two, and I am sure it will be back. So again, no line forward line changes, no defensive line changes. I would expect Tristan Jari to start against the Kings, especially after the Kings came off that comeback win against the National Predators on Tuesday. I'm going to get a little bit into that coming up in the next few seconds. But um, so expect the same lineup, same defensive configuration, same forward lines, and Jari this time will be a net over to Smith. I think you'll see Casey start not the game in Columbus. I think they're going to give that to Jari, but they have a back-to-back early next week when they start the Western Canada trip. Monday, I believe it's Monday, Tuesday. He'll start one of those two games, um, if I had to guess. I think they also have one on the weekend. I think at that, I think that's the Vancouver-Seattle back-to-back. I think the first one, it's like Edmonton-Calgary, and then they have the other one 
before they come home next weekend. So I would expect, honestly, DeSmith to get at least two more starts coming up in this next week here. And, you know, after the way he played against Montreal on Monday, I I would continue to get him more starts because he was one of their best players. Um, He he continues to play like that. I know everyone's kind of freaking out about the first goal. Sometimes it happens with him. You know, it happens with all goalies at times as well. Crap happens, but he kept them in the game. He made a lot of, you know, dazzling saves and he, he deserves to keep starting and, and to keep giving Jari breaks when they are needed. So that wraps up this first segment of today's episode. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into a full preview for the game against the Kings, some keys to win for the Penguins. Look at their lineup, look at the Kings underlying numbers and all of that jazz. But before we start talking about that, Benaline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Yes, the NBA got underway on Tuesday, find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest, easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or your, use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So getting into the game against the Kings on Thursday, this will be the first of two meetings between the Penguins and the Kings. They'll play them again. Um, believe the, I believe the California trip is... I could probably check that right now. I, I think it's like in December um, or something like that. It, it's it, it's it's a it, it, it's a ways away. Uh, I'm just actually checking to make sure here when that is. Um, actually, no, I apologize. It's in it's in uh, February. My my apologies on that. So long ways away before they'll play them again. Um, this is a very good Kings team. They came from behind to beat the Nashville Predators on Tuesday night. They were actually down a three to one. In that game, going into the third period to the Predators, they also had a two-goal lead. They blew it to the Kings, no score in overtime, but then Kings were able to win the shootout one to nothing thanks to a uh, Velarde, you know, Gabriel Velarde's shootout goal to lift them. Cal Peterson started that game for Los Angeles. And this is a team, they're in win-now mode. You know, they had a mini, I guess a mini reboot, but mainly a retool for the last several years. And then this past year, they finally got back in the playoffs for the first time. I believe the last time was 2017, 2018. And they pushed the Oilers to the brink. They had they're up three games to two on them. Lost game six at home, went to Edmonton, lost game seven. But that was still progress for them. You know, they could have won that series, but they went out. They said, you know, that's not enough. And they went and got a very good player in Kevin Fiala. And right now he is on the top line with Anze Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Fiala is, I think, one of the main pieces that they've been missing. He's a do-it-all player, can score goals, play make, can play well in the defensive zone. He was electric in Minnesota last year, had over, we did over 80 points, if if I'm not uh, mistaken. Very, very good player. You know, just a few years ago, not really many people knew who he was, but I think a lot of people do now. He is a legit top top at least second line to a legit top line player kopitar he's not what he used to be but he's still kicking great defensive center can also chip in offensively he's probably going to be going up against Sidney crosby for most of his shifts be curious to watch that adrian kempe 
also a very good player. Trevor Moore, Vic, Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson on their second line. Deneau, remember, they signed him on free agency last season. Very good two-way center. That was a big signing for the Kings because they needed someone else to be able to take the pressure off Kopitar because he can't do it himself. He's getting up there in age. I mean, he's going to be 40 soon. So I know he's one of the best defensive centers in the league and probably one of the best defensive centers of this generation. But as he got up there in age, I think Rob Blake noticed like, okay, I need to go out and sign a center that is maybe not as good as him, but is still a really good defensive center and enter Philip Deneau. He did everything in Montreal. I mean, when he was there, I think with like Tatar, Gallagher, I think, was on his line. They have one of the best top lines in the league. Defensively, he's outstanding. And his metrics are through the roof every year when it comes to defensive zone. He can also put the puck in the back of the net. Good playmaker. I mean, if your one-two punch is Kopitar and Denote, you're doing really well. You know, there's a lot. I mean, there's – how shall I say this? There's not many better one-two punches in the league, I will say, than that. Um, Victor Arvidsson, they traded for him from Nashville. Slow start to last year, but was able to <clears throat> come around a little bit. I'm curious to see how much more he produces for them this year. Trevor Moore, also pretty decent player. Gabriel Velarde, another young player in their lineup on their third line. Quentin Byfield, the, you know, the, the former number two overall pick. Finally time to see what he has. Hasn't had a big anchial sample size last year. I think he played a lot last year in the AHL. He's also been banged up at times, but he's made the team full-time. He is their third line center. It's time to see what the Kings have in him. Carl Grunstrom, Brendan Lemieux doesn't really do anything on the fourth line. Blake Lazar and Blake Lazar, and then Arthur Kaliev. So the fourth line, not really much there, just like the Penguins. But Kings top nine, a very, very deep four group and a team that I definitely have making the playoffs this year. Defensively, Mikey Anderson, who is not a bad player. I wouldn't have him on my top pairing, but he's definitely not bad. Drew Downey, I've thought for a long time that he was very overrated by a lot of hockey pundits, but he had a really good resurgent here last year. His shot attempts per 60 percentage went way up scoring chances, high danger percentage, everything about his game, even his defensive metrics, which were in the tank for the last several years, they went way up last year before he got hurt. So it was definitely a Renaissance season for Dowdy. I'm really curious to see if he can repeat that this year, because before that, you know, everyone was, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of people in the analytics community and other people that aren't, like in the all up upper, I guess, echelon of, of the hockey media, we're saying like, oh, he's kind of washed at this point. But last year kind of proved those people, including myself, very wrong. So he's always a tough player to go up against. Uh, Sean Dursey's back there, Sean Walker. Um, Goaltending-wise, they have Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. Not really sure which one is going to start. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be Quick. And then their injuries right now, Alex Edler, the former Vancouver Canuck, and Alex Ayafalo. Numbers-wise, at 5v5, they only have 47% of the shot attempts per 60 this season. They have 52% of the expected – actually, no, not 52% of the expected goals. Yeah, yeah actually, no, they do. Sorry. 52% of the actual goals, 47% of the expected goals, 46% of the scoring chances. So <clears throat> their numbers, not where they were last year, but it's also a really small sample size. But I would be stunned if they were not way higher. Next year. I think the big keys for the Penguins in this one, you know, you got to jump on them early. You know, I, can't, I understand that the Kings just came back from a 3-1 deficit, but, you know, they're not going to be able to, to do that every game, especially, you know, if they if they keep playing like that. I mean, you're going up against better competition. The Penguins, you know, 
I actually want them to jump on them early and have a, a, like at least a two goal lead or a one goal lead going into the third period, because I want to see if they can defend it. They didn't do a good enough job against the Canadians. Um, it was actually their first loss in four years, uh, regular season wise, when they blew a two goal lead going into the third period against Montreal. So I, I mean, I would love to see them try to defend another lead this time at home. Defending leads was a little bit of an issue last year. So I really hope the Penguins are practicing that in practice and just making sure they have the fundamentals. You don't want to turtle like they were against the Canadians because even even a team like that, and I know they're pesky, they play like rats, Marty St. Louis is going to have them competitive every single night. You can't turtle in this league unless you're playing Arizona or or something like that. Uh, It's just, it's it's not going to work. So I definitely that definitely that's I, I think a one big key is if you jump on them early, make sure you're defending well and all that. You know, fight make sure you're firing a lot of pucks at the net towards Jonathan Quick. You know, he's he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still, I think, one of I, I wouldn't say one of the better starters, but he's at least an average starter in this league if he is indeed in the net. Obviously, you got to neutralize their top line with Kevin Fiala and Andre Kopitar. Fiala is going to drive a lot of their offense this year. Kopitar, he can still bring it to. Kempe was one of their better goal scorers last year. Again, I think Sid is going to be going up against that line. So if you can neutralize that line and then they send out maybe like the Trevor Moore line against Geno's line, I think the Penguins can definitely take advantage. Well, I think they can take advantage of that, even though Deneau is one of the better defensive centers in the league with how Malkin is playing to start this season. I think he can definitely hold his own. Um, up against a note if that's what Mike Sullivan wants to do. Uh, third line, I think the Penguins have the better um, line there. Byfield, still not fully sold on him just yet. Velarde, Grundstrom, they're not terrible, but I mean, I think with Heinen, Carter, and with how Kapanov, they've all started the season, I think the Penguins have the edge there. So line matchups, I think the Penguins can definitely break even if not you know, be a little above 50% with all the numbers, but you know, it's all about you know getting the chances and then of course finishing the chances. Special teams battle. I think that's about probably my last key that I have. You know, Kings power play, it's usually not bad, but, you know, they usually do have a pretty decent penalty kill um, the last several years. So those are my main big keys to winning this game. You know, they're a very well-coached team. Todd McClellan's been doing this for a long time. And, you know, this is definitely a matchup that I'm really excited to watch because I think the Kings, you know, they're no longer that old, slow team. They can skate with anyone that got the Top six, they got the depth. Their defense is fine. Jonathan Quick, if he plays the way he did last year in the regular season, um, they're going to be a tough out, especially if Drew Dowdy doesn't get hurt this year. I think his injury really screwed with them a lot uh, last season when he went down. So that wraps up this full preview of the game against the Kings coming up in the final segment. We're going to go into the road ahead for the Penguins and why it's it's definitely going to get a lot more difficult coming up. So stick around for that coming up after this final commercial break. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So coming up after this Kings game, this is a big road trip coming for the Penguins, a five-gamer. They go to Columbus on Saturday. Then they have Edmonton Monday, Calgary Tuesday, Vancouver Friday, that next Friday, Seattle that Saturday before they finally come home for Halloween. So they're going to be on the road for a full week. Um, So this is going to be basically five games in eight nights. 
only three days off. That's the Sunday when the Steelers play, next Wednesday, and then next Thursday. So two sets of back-to-back. Again, I think they'll go Jari on Saturday. Edmonton, I think they actually might go Jari just because it's McDavid versus Crosby. Calgary, I think they may go to Smith. And then Vancouver, they'll go Jari's. I think Seattle, they'll go to Smith. At least that's how I think the, the goalie rotation is going to go. Then after that, they come home to play Boston. Buffalo has been a, a tough out so far. They actually just beat the Oilers on Tuesday night. Um, they have Washington after that, Toronto, Montreal, another three-game road trip. Toronto, I mean, 14 of their first 19 games this season are on the road. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever really seen a start to, to the schedule like this for as long as I've been following or covering this team. It's it's not. So the Penguins, they were good on the road last year. They're going to have to be just as good, if not better, on the road this season too because they, they do not play a lot of home games, you know, especially in – this is funny enough. Tomorrow night it is October twentieth. This will be their final game at home in the month of October. They will only play three games at home in October, and then in November, honestly, you know, there's still plenty of you know road games there. I mean, there's it's it's a tough schedule. You know, obviously December they have a massive. Actually, no, it's at the end of November they have a. I believe it's like a. So yeah, it's like a seven out of eight stretch where they're playing at PPG Paints Arena. So it obviously all balances out, but I just want everyone to be aware just how big the stretch is here coming up for the Penguins. They're going to have to keep, you know, gaining points, especially on the road. They're playing some really good teams coming up. I love the Western Canada trip. It's easily, I, I honestly, I think it's better than the California trip, especially now when the teams are really fun and they're usually really good. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. I know they're not having a good start to this year. They've blown so many two goal leads, but I always like playing them just because I, their their fans at their arena are awesome. Seattle, not that good of a team, but you know they could potentially be a little bit better um, this season. But you know that's mainly the road ahead here for the Penguins. It's there's there's a lot coming, and you know I hope you all keep it right here on the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, real quick, who game, players who I think could be X factors in this game against the Kings? Really looking for Jeff Petrie to have a big bounce back, bounce back game. Excuse me, he was really good in the first two games, especially against Tampa Bay, where he was moving the puck up the ice, firing the puck to the net a lot more, not taking stooping penalties. I think he could be a major reason why the Penguins win this game against Los Angeles. Obviously, the top two lines, big X factors too. And then I'm also looking forward to seeing Crystal Tang bounce back. Um, there's always some weird people that come into my Twitter mentions that say like, oh, you know, he usually has way more than five to seven bad games per year. And it's just like, okay, you know, these people, they're, they're the people that give him all the blame, but they never give him any of the credit. And, you know, again, my, my saying is if you don't think Chris is saying he's that good at hockey, um, I question all of your hockey takes to be honest with you. But, um, again, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it, especially the preview against the Kings. We're looking forward to that game. The next episode will be on Thursday evening with a full game recap of that episode. And then Friday, I'll be previewing the game against Columbus, going into the third lines, looking at the history with that rivalry. I guess it's, I mean, it's kind of a big brother, little brother thing at this point and why the Penguins have just dominated them over the years. So again, thank you all so much for listening and I'll be back with you all on Thursday evening.